0: The Old Testament reading for the Wednesday of Invocabit is from the book of the Exodus, the 24th chapter. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone, and the law and the commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud, The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the twelfth chapter. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. The last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be also with this wicked generation. While he was still talking to the multitudes, Behold, his mother and brothers stood outside, seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do they who believe need signs? In a way, they do. The timid hearts and fragile wills of men often require signs as a source of comfort. The judge Gideon is an example of this need for signs. Particular to this evening is the example of Moses and the Israelites, who desire, nay, require, a multitude of signs during their tenure in the wilderness. The demand for signs from the heart of faith stems from the pious desire and carnal necessity of physicality. God cannot remain spirit only, nor can his words remain breath upon the wind. The word and promises must find fulfillment, and God must be physical, tangible, seen, felt, and grasped. The demand for signs made by the pious heart, whose eyes do not see but whose ears have heard, is simply the voice of faith that confesses, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I love you and I desire you even as you love and desire me. Be with me and grant that I may cleave to thee in mind, in soul, and in body. Jesus is living proof that such a request is pleasant to the ears of God. For he is in the flesh of man, the long-awaited sign of signs, the presence of God among man, the proof of God's truthfulness and faithfulness, and the source of all life and salvation. He is the content of the words given to Moses, once shrouded in the cloud of glory, but now in man made manifest to man. The scribes and the Pharisees do not seek a sign from devotion or piety, however. They seek a sign from blind reason, a sign as proof. In asking Jesus for proof, they confess nothing but ignorance to his person. If they desired truly to see a sign from God, they would have rejoiced at his coming. For he is the sign and that to which all signs point. The wicked Ninevites mock these unfaithful men, and the Queen of Sheba scoffs at them. The judgment of God draws near, and those who receive his word know what the sign of salvation must be. Man must fast from his intellect and live instead by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man must cast aside his own understanding and receive instruction from the Lord. Man must relinquish his idols to the all-consuming fire and seek the forgiveness of God. The only sign that will be given is the only sign in all of Scripture, the sign of Jonah. In this sign is made known the victory of God, and the victory of all who are in him. The likeness of death swallowed up the prophet of the Lord, only to vomit him out on the third day. But a likeness and a prophet are themselves signs of the truth found in Jesus. In his person is seen the reality, that death itself swallows up the Lord himself only to choke, to perish, and to vomit out the Lord of all upon the shores of a new dawn for all of creation. Here stands the sign in flesh and blood. Here stands the fullness of God in humiliation and in condescension that all may behold him. Here stands the new temple of flesh and bone and sinew, that man may himself be the place of God's presence, the most intimate of unions imaginable. Here stands a greater Jonah and a greater Moses. Here stands the Christ. The psalmist confesses, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. While the God-man before the scribes and Pharisees is the greater Jonah and Moses, he is not blessed. It is him and him alone to whom the Lord has imputed all iniquity. Indeed, this is what brings about the sign of Jonah and the three-day restoration of the temple, the sign of salvation. It is in this unblessed man that your salvation is found, and to him that all signs point. Your absolution is real, and you are the man blessed without imputation of iniquity. But it is the working of the word, both upon your hearts and in the flesh on behalf of your hearts that has brought this about. The tablets of stone and the sign of Jonah all serve to teach and to direct, to point to where salvation is to be found for man. You need no sign, for in the flesh of God you have all the signs you will ever require, or for which you will ever hope. Now the glory of the Lord rests upon you, not for 40 days and 40 nights, but for all time. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Amen.